You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 448. I'm Tim Robertson, joined by David Cohen. Hello, David Cohen. Hello, David Cohen. <laughs> oh, you're David Cohen. Or am I David Cohen? I don't know. I, lose track I, am I joined by Tim Robertson. Yes. Joined at the hip. Uh, yeah, it's a very long hip, 4,000 miles, but... Hey, you know, we make do. it work. <laughs> We're tapping Morse code down the bone. Does it Saying, seem, I'm turning over now. Does it seem... <laughs> not to get political or anything here, but does it seem like things are a little bit nicer now? Yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? In fact, they've been like that for the last couple of weeks. Um, ever since, I think... Uh, People stop reporting on Twitter in the same way. Yeah. Um, I noticed immediately that that everything seemed to be a lot calmer. Um, and and you know what, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna call out the media as much as the people generating the heat in that. Yeah, yeah. That we we've, we've yeah. I, I was explaining this to my. I was talking about this with my mother the other day, who's a former journalist. And I said, you know, you look through news websites now uh, websites in particular but then they, they push the content from the website into print anyway and there are whole stories that are nothing but some presumably low paid blogger I hesitate to call them a journalist just regurgitating um, over about 250 words an Instagram post or a Twitter post uh, and there's no actual factual content beyond what was in the social media post to begin with. Right. And this is what the news media has become. And unfortunately, we got somebody who capitalizes on that and is in a position of power. And that means everything they say on Twitter or on Facebook or whatever is kind of dissected as to what it means. Then that completely allows them to dominate the news agenda. And of course, that's what we've had in the last four years. And as soon as he was booted off Twitter, it all stopped. Yep. And um, great. Hmm. You know, whether you're, a, I've, you know, I, I think whether you're a, a supporter of him or not, I think there are, you must surely recognize that, uh, well, I would hope you would recognize that actually the level of uh, investigation and coverage of politics is probably better when it's not being driven by just one statement from one person. Yeah. yeah I would hope so anyway. Well, just, I don't know. I, I I don't go. I don't relish going to news sites beforehand because, oh my God, what did so and so say this time? And you know, it, it, it's different now. Now I'm seeing actual, you know, I don't want to say good news. That doesn't seem to be the forte of any news website. But I don't know. I, I'm the person that goes to multiple types of websites too. I don't go to just one. No. politically leaning party i actually check them all out and uh, you know the one that was rah 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 pushing a certain agenda and the other one that was boo 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 they've now switched hmm. you know the, yeah it, it's just how it works you know yeah cnn was nothing but negative donald trump and fox news was nothing but positive donald trump now fox is slowly building up the negative joe biden and CNN is mostly reporting the good stuff about Joe Biden's cabinets and appointees and stuff yeah. like that. So it's just like, okay, so the truth is somewhere in the middle. Now, anybody who's listening thinks, oh, it's just because you're a Joe Biden supporter. I'm not a supporter of any one person. I'm a supporter of the country. And I think that most people fall kind of right in the middle, you know? Yeah. 
And that's the problem. With, and I, the same is true in your country. The, of course, yeah. The, the I, problem I, is they don't have enough social discourse. No. And, you know, I voted for Boris Johnson in the last election, um, despite the fact that I live in a, um, in a constituency which is overwhelmingly Labour and there was very low, low chances of us getting a Conservative candidate through here, and that turned out to be the case. But nevertheless, I voted with my conscience because at the time I voted, I thought that was the best choice available to me of the guys who were on the ticket. Um, and that does not mean that I support everything Boris Johnson does, not by a long way. No. But, the, you know, it, it does come down to the choice you have at the time at the time, the you know, Boris Johnson to me was by far the better candidate and his party I thought was going to be better at leading us through what we thought we were facing at the time, which turned out to be something completely different from what we are actually facing. Um, and I, I think he's done a mediocre job at dealing with the pandemic, to be honest, but I think the other guy might have been worse. So what are you going to do? You vote, you, most people should vote like that, hopefully, uh, looking at the policies and the and how you agree with the the person who who you're voting for, or yeah. the party but that the you're voting for. But the problem is, people start falling into zealotry and us versus them, and that's where the problems kind and, of crop and up. And you know what? This is a human. You and I have seen this for many, many years. Look at the Apple versus Windows yeah. thing that always used. To, it's less of a thing now, but it always used to be a oh, real thing. Oh, the big one was Zoom versus iPod. Oh wait, no, that was never really. <laughs> that was actually a yeah. uh, really good. I think I want to say it was Ars Technica, but it was it might have been The Verge had a um, an article about this kind of I don't want to say underground, but this little small clique of people that are really into Zoom. Of course, Zoom stopped producing anything in 2011. Microsoft, I should say. Yeah. And you know, there's these people that are buying up, you know, all these old Zooms and modifying them, putting SD cards in them, and. Uh, you know, collecting them and getting the old ones working again. You can get a Zoom just dirt cheap. I, I've had, I've had. In fact, I still have one upstairs in my, in my, in my one of my drawers. I have a an SD Zoom, one that came with a, a memory with flash memory. Yeah. In. And I had a, I, I sold it not so long ago. I had a, a hard disk Zoom. And you know what? Here's the thing. Um, looking at it completely in isolation. The Zoom was a pretty nice product. Well, they were ahead no. of the curve yeah. in a lot of respects. Number The audio quality of the Zoom was uh, as good, if not better, than the later iPods. The first yep. gener- first couple generation iPods had way better audio quality. Yeah, but then they started cutting costs yep. as they went mass market. Exactly. And the, yeah. But Zoom didn't. The Z- they stayed... The Zoom, Zoom didn't. They, yep. they had really good DACs in there. Yep. And then they also had the social aspects of the Zoom marketplace... Um, and then you could also basically subscribe and they would give you, I think it was 10 or 20 songs every month for free, mm-hmm. but you can, if you paid a certain amount, it's basically a subscription. It was Pandora yeah. before Pandora, um, yeah. or iTunes music or Apple music or Amazon music and that, you know, you just pay a, a fee and you listen to all kinds of stuff. They were way ahead of the game on that, but Microsoft just, they, I, number one, it was one of the ugliest products that you would ever see. I mean, it was just it was, ugly, yeah. and the first generation was brown. I mean, yeah, it, I, it was kind of brown with a the it it was brown underneath, and then it kind of had a green tint to the uh, transparent um, plastic that was over the top. It was almost the like they were going for a seventies hi fi vibe, and it 
it just mm, yeah it, it didn't come across to me like that but well, when but i first was, saw brown yeah. that's that was my first yeah. impression the, th- the thing as well you've got to remember when it came out i mean um ipod was at its height well yeah exactly and, and that was really part of the problem is they they brought that product to the market far too late and yep. they so they were all, always going to be an also ran because there were so many people already invested in in the Apple ecosystem. And, and the strong thing about the iPod wasn't just the hardware itself. It's the fact that you had the iTunes store and everybody was in the iTunes store. Yeah. And so if you weren't compatible with the iTunes store, and of course the Microsoft product wasn't, they were always going to be different. The advantage that the um, the Zune had, um, this and bear in mind this is me looking at it many years later after yep. it had been discontinued, was that um, it was much easier to manage your music in the Zune market, in the Zune software than it was with iTunes because it didn't put everything into a database. It just kept it where you put it. So you could actually manually drag your stuff in. And it was, re- and because of that, it was really good if you wanted to put your own music on there rather than get it from the store. Yep. The problem was, the uh, you know, look, look what happened. The iTunes store kind of kicked them up to everybody going, oh, I don't want to manage my own music anymore. I just want to stream it off the cloud. Uh, that's, that's, that was the ultimate evolution of where iTunes went to. I mean, I would argue that without without the iTunes store, we wouldn't have Spotify and Deezer and all the others we have today. No, I don't think and, we would. Yeah. So, so basically, Microsoft again late to the game. They came up with a with a um, a product that was really great, allowing you to import your own music at a time when everyone was moving away from having their own physical music anymore. Um, and you know, they just didn't have the they didn't have the market share. They threw plenty of marketing dollars to it. But the thing is, is that I think a lot of people didn't sit down at Windows PCs and think I want to, you know, there were very, there are very, even today I would say there are very few people who kind of are all Windows and want to do everything for Windows. I think there's plenty of people who have Windows computers, but then have, um, even when Microsoft had their own smartphones, then have a Google smartphone or, a, or an iPhone. Yep. And so the idea of everything being in one locked in ecosystem now, um, across all of your devices is just just not there anymore. And I think, uh, yeah, Microsoft just came late to the game. And uh, like like all things Microsoft, they often did things that were quite innovative, but um, they just didn't they just didn't able to like penetrate the mainstream. No, they were late to you the know? market and a market that was going to go bye bye really really quickly. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, they'd already proved happens. they couldn't adapt. No, and you know the thing is though, I like reading stories like it was at the Verge. I like reading stories about these things, these fringe technology guys that have latched onto something. You know, there's a whole thing about the Newton, too. There's people that are still buying Newtons and upgrading them and doing stuff like that. I kind of like that. I don't, I mean, sure, you could say I'm somewhat like that with my old uh, video game consoles and the arcades and stuff, but I don't do a whole lot with that anymore. I kind of hit a peak, and there's really not anywhere else to go with all this stuff, so I'm just kind of... I play the games yeah. when I feel like it, but you know, speaking that's right. And the, go ahead. The, the problem, the problem with all that retro stuff is that th- the longer it goes on, the harder you have to work to try and keep it all working properly. Yeah. So Zune is at the point now where um, I think in the next couple of versions of Windows 10, the software will stop working. Yes. Um, and they've already had to set up. There's a guy who runs um, runs basically a a fake Zune website that allows you to kind of register the thing and, and update the firmware to the latest version and everything. And and eventually he'll give up on that. And sure. at that point, the things will become useless. And it's like that with all retro hardware. It's, you know, they. Um, I'm quite into buying very old 
laptops and, and old computers from the 80s and the 90s. One of the problems facing those now is that all the capacitors are starting to leak because right. they were never designed to run that long. And so you need, now need to have kind of electronics and soldering skills to be able to keep those guys working. Which and, I do um, have. and I it, Yeah. I, th- I would imagine, you know, I've never discussed you soldering. Do you... Uh, is, is that no. a- one of my one of my um, shameful weaknesses is the fact that I have never learned to solder properly, uh, and this- any times I've tried to do it, I've made a spectacular mess. Uh, what you do and- is you go on to Wish dot com or a place like that, or maybe even eBay. You buy just a a, a blank board, and mm. you buy a whole bunch of just really cheap transistors. And you just practice. You just, yeah. you, that's the only way you're ever going to get good at it. Now, I got decent at it. I'm not good at it. Don't get me wrong. But mm-hmm. I got decent at it when I got my first arcade machine. And, you know, well, really it was the second arcade machine because I had to recap and, and basically fix the monitor. And, mm-hmm. you know, over time it was just like, well, I don't want to keep doing that. I'll just replace it with an LCD. And, yeah. oh, I don't want to just play the one game. And, and keep fixing this power supply, I'll buy uh, a universal power supply and I'll put a multi-board in it. So I made it easier on myself, and it was building the, the mini PCs, or the mini arcades too, because I was doing some soldering yeah. on that. Um, but I had soldered, you know, way back in the day. You know, I think I had a class, a shop class, and soldering was one of the things that we had to learn. Um, but you also soldered in auto repair sometimes. So yeah. I kind of, I, I had, I, I, I wouldn't even consider it rusty, almost rotten skill sets <laughs> yeah. from the 80s, you know. Yeah. But it's, but, it's but a you, skill you, set you, that's you, good to have if you need it. Yeah, it is. But you and I both recognize that, you know, once you hit 50, yeah, you kind of get, I can't be done with, I, I haven't got, who's got time for this anymore? And so you start thinking, well, I'll just avoid doing things that need me to do that there yeah, are i'll just spend it, the money and get something so i don't have to do that or or alternatively you, yeah you look for i mean I, i've started looking for systems now that obviously are still working i i wouldn't i wouldn't buy anything that i thought might need recapping right um and ultimately i know what, I, what i'm going to do is over the over the next few years i've already started doing this with the old uh, 8-bit stuff from the uk is i'm moving to emulation and fpga and stuff like that so i can do it without having to do all the physical hardware stuff because yeah, because I, I I just I find it maybe it's maybe as, as I'm getting older I'm I'm slower and you know it takes me longer to do these things. Well, plus and, soldering and, is one of those things that you got to have pretty good eyesight for. With my exactly, I, yeah. I wear reading glasses. I have for eleven years now. I I you know when I turned forty, it's when boom, needed reading yeah. glasses. Um, I had to get a new driver's license. I didn't have to take the test or anything, but my driver's license was so old. They said I had to go into Secretary of State. Or DMV for the rest of the world. I don't know why we call it Secretary of State here in Michigan. But I had to go in and get a new picture. Which granted uh, right, I didn't okay. even have gray hair in my original or so, my last. So one. they don't they don't do that online? No, you can't do the pictures online. That's too it, for obvious reasons. But Well, we do I think we're pretty sure we do them here online. Yeah, but you know, you guys are the home of terrorists, aren't you? Oh wait, no. <laughs> Never mind. No, <laughs> yeah. no, I exactly. Uh, you can't just go in. You have to make an right. appointment, and the problem is, because of COVID, um, the appointment times I, they laid a lot of staff off. Number one, that yeah. doesn't help. Number two is you have to make an appointment, which is fine. So I went to make an appointment about a month out from my birthday when I got the notice, yeah. and my appointment was in April, 
which is kind of a problem because my driver's license expires in January, January 18th to be specific. Yeah, they don't thought that through, have they? Well, I, it is what it is. And there's a note on there that says you could try to get a faster appointment by checking these certain times every day. Uh, it was 8 a.m. and noon. And if someone dropped off their appointment, then you can jump in. And then at no point did anybody not think, well, actually, what we'll do is we'll issue with a code so that if you get stopped by a cop, you give him the code and he can check that you're waiting for your appointment. No, the and police aren't really. not deliberately let your license expire. Well, they're not. The police aren't really pulling people over for driver's license, plates, you know, registrations being expired right now. Well, you say that. No, they're I not. I guarantee. They're not. <laughs> right. Okay. I, I've talked to police. They're, Okay, and they've yeah, been but, instructed not to by the state simply because it's such a backlog that it's not people's fault that you go buy a new car, uh, not through a dealership because yeah. we have direct access, but yeah. you go buy a car from somebody and you want to transfer your plates, it's going to take four months before your appointment comes in. Uh, unfortunately, I can imagine that certain classes of people who do get more regularly stopped by the police are going to get the book thrown at them for having an expired license, even if they can't get an appointment. Yeah, that's a different... Under that system. Yep. Yeah. Plate lives matter. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Anywho. Yeah. So you went. So I, I kept checking, and then on my actual birth date, the 18th, I checked at 8 a.m., and boom, there was one for 11.40 the next day. So I'm like, well, my license will be expired for like 11 hours at that point. So that's good. Yeah. So I went and I, it was right down the road from uh, where I work. I didn't do it in my hometown. I did it in Kalamazoo and I got there and there was a line of people and it clearly says, don't queue up, wait in your car, come up to the door at your appointed time. Well, yeah. there's already a line. So I'm like, well, someone's going to jump ahead of me. There's no way, yeah. you know, so I got in line and there's a lady behind me at that point, a couple people. And she is just, nasty I need an appointment all these people don't have appointments and I said actually I think everybody has an appointment but she was right there was a couple people that were sent home they're like nope you gotta have an appointment bye and I've driven by it a couple times since then and there's always a queue of people so even though they say don't do this everyone does it and they've just accepted it Um, and my appointment was at did I say 11.40 it was 11.50 Mm-hmm. So at eleven fifty, I was I was right at the front of the line, and I walked right in. Yeah. It was kind of cool, and it was quick and easy. And uh, I was surprised though that it just seems like there was a better way. Why do I have to go and check every day, twice a day, to see if I can, you know, jump ahead of where my set appointment was? It, it, this is a website. This is a computer. This is technology. It should just say, "Oh, well, okay, you have an appointment here." Uh, we can see that you're coming in for your driver's license, which expires on this date. So uh, this just opened. I'm going to move you to here and send me a notification. Well, yeah, you assume by doing that that they want to serve you. No, they don't. Yeah. Oh, no, they don't. don't. No, no. All of these things, you know, I, I've noticed it for years, particularly with uh, American federal stuff, yeah, is they kind of set it up in a way it kind of comes across that um, the slower and more... Uh, difficult they make her make it the better it suits them because uh, and i think it's about slowing down the pace of applications you'll see this when you when you you know when you call up a place yeah and they've got automated phone answering and they'll spend five minutes explaining terms and conditions to you that you've probably heard a hundred times you've ever rung them before before you get a choice to say well which department do you want to go right. to and everything awesome. and that is all about managing 
the traffic flow. Yes. So that because um, a the, certain number of people are going to hang up. Going to hang up exactly. Yeah. So there's that, and also it, it it also means that they can they can um, smooth out the peaks and the troughs with where the traffic's where the phone traffic is going to go, and it also helps them if they're a, if they're a third party company. It helps them with their call answering stats it, um, because you know they 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 can keep you on the phone for a certain time without without the clock ticking for the fact that you've been waiting to be answered. Right, there's times that you know you hit that phone tree or you're on their website or wherever in the customer service and you see this stuff on social media posts. You know some of the the worst offenders like FedEx and UPS and they're just awful. Anything with the government, whether it's state, local, or federal here in the u.s it's just awful customer service they don't really care but the problem is for me personally is i worked for a company owc who had awesome customer service you know that was one of the things when i was running their social media that i would consistently see that someone had a problem with an owc or a question about an owc product they called and they oh my gosh almost immediately got a person on the phone and the people on the phone were trained to be super helpful and you know when you work for a company that has that kind of level of service in the technology field anyways and you see one that doesn't you just think there's a model for you to follow right there why aren't you doing that that's how that company has been around for so long they're not the cheapest products you know that's right yeah but it costs money well, that's the problem. Well, I think people are willing money to spend a lot of, money. A lot of corporations don't want to yeah. don't want to spend that yeah. money. Or government. So let's yeah. move on to something a little more fun and frustrating at the same time. Uh, I have a uh, an Apple Plus or whatever subscription thing going on, right. and Apple Arcade is part of that. And the problem is I don't mm-hmm. really play a whole lot of games, and so I kept thinking I should probably just cancel some of this because don't use it. But I've got one of the bundles and it comes with it, so whatever. Um, this popped up. You know how you get notifications? Well, if you didn't turn them off. I get notifications on my phone and my iPad when new arcade titles, Apple arcade titles, are released. Not all of them, but occasionally one will pop up. Yeah. And I was on my iPad and one popped up and it said, new for you know Apple Arcade, Outlanders. And usually I dismiss it, but just, I don't know, something about the name kind of caught my attention. So I clicked it and I looked at it. And it's a civilization type of game. Yeah. and But it looked kind of basic. And I don't want to say easy, but it looks kind of basic. And I thought, this might be fun. So I downloaded it on my iPad for free because, you know, well, it's not free. I pay for it, but you know yeah. what I mean. Um, and it's, I didn't find it great to use on the iPad as, it, as well as it is on the iMac, my iMac. Because it's mm-hmm. a lot of games are on the Mac as well, so I think I think all the Apple Arcade games have to run on the Mac as well. Do they? Pretty sure, yeah. Well, I, I ended up I ended up downloading it on my Mac and playing it. And Julie watched me a little bit. I was telling her about the game, and the first couple times I played it, I sucked. I mean, I'm just mm-hmm. awful. And for whatever reason, uh, every time I play it, I usually end up starving on my people. <laughs> Uh, no matter what I do, I don't get it. I'm, I seem to be getting ahead of the curve. I've got a happy population, and all of a sudden, you're running out of food. Like, are you kidding me? I've got all these things going. Um, and so I would, you know, Julie be in the other room. I'd walk in, and I'd say, oh, all my people starved to death again. And she's like, I don't know why you play that game. It seems very frustrating. 
Yeah. I walk in, all my people died again. It's they all starved. And then one night I walked in a couple days ago, and she just looked at me like, "What happened to your people?" I said, "Well, they didn't starve to death, but I think they're all committing suicide." And she just <laughs> died laughing. <laughs> she was laughing so hard. Uh, but I'm playing that right now. It's actually running in the background. It's kind of on pause. If you, uh, you know, yeah, go to go out of the game, it automatically pauses itself. And I'm on day like 53, and I, you know, 63, and I just got the dreaded. Um, so-and-so was hungry. And I'm like, hey, I've got like eight farms going. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. I don't know how to keep these freaking people alive. I can't get past 80 days before my whole village collapses and everyone's right. dead. Do you, do you, it, does it, does it have a thing where your villagers start getting obese and start suffering from diabetes? No, it should though. Cause I, I <laughs> did, I, at, at the one that I got the farthest on, I actually grew, um, um, I built a windmill and then I made a candy store. And a bakery. The bakery is just bread. It's not, you know, muffins. But I did make okay. a candy store and started harvesting my sugar cane, and it it didn't help. <laughs> Everyone died. So, so when how how soon do you think it'll be before somebody does that sort of game where, except that you're trying to manage a pandemic and issue vaccines? Or, it won't be long uh, if it's not already <laughs> out there. You know, there's so many games that I can't keep track of what's out there anymore. Well, so here's the thing. I also have Apple Arcade, and I hardly ever play games on my... Uh, yeah. Since I got my Switch uh, Lite, I hardly ever game, play games on my uh, iOS devices anymore. Um, I used to play them all the time. And but, there's uh, some really great games. I don't know what yeah, there it is. is. I, 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 well, if I've just, got 10 minutes, I don't even think about yeah. playing a game. I usually jump on a, you know... There's a couple different news apps on my phone that I use instead of playing a game. I'll jump on there yeah. for five minutes, take a look at what's going on, and then go back about my business. Yeah, that, that, I mean, with me, it's just limited amount of time. It's just if I've got an hour's worth of game playing, I'm probably going to sit down. And, but I, I've got the problem is I've got so many great games on the Switch now. Yeah, and they're all, uh, you know, much more. They're much more the sort of um, console type games that I like to play. Well, there's a lot of on, that stuff on yeah. on arcade. But let's be honest, when it comes to I want to sit down and play a video game, as great as iOS is on either the Mac, iPhone, or iPad, it's not going to compare to the Switch. I mean that no. it's just well, which is kind of weird because the switch is basically smartphone hardware. Yeah, I mean, it's but not it's much Nintendo. more powerful than that. Yeah, exactly. I I think the uh, switch is better than what Sony or Microsoft has going on right now. I yeah, have, well, uh, it's, it's yeah. not that I don't have any interest in the PS5 or the Xbox, whatever. They're sold out every single time. Um, yeah, and I check Best Buy every couple days, and if I see a, a PS5, I might buy one, but. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I really care because yeah. if I'm going to spend an hour playing games, and it doesn't usually happen, but if I am, I'm either playing on the arcade first, uh, and then the Switch second, and then maybe Apple Arcade stuff. And but this Outlanders game has kind of got my interest, so yeah. I've been playing uh, that. I've, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm enjoying it. I think I'm going to do it. The world I'm in right now. And then one more after that to see if I can get any better. And if not, I'm just going to delete it because it's kind of frustrating. Yeah. You know, yeah, well that, I spend that two hours and everyone answer. dies and it yeah. doesn't seem to be any reason. I mean, it seems like it's almost too difficult. Like, yeah, you like the only thing you're supposed to do is build houses and farms and that's it. And if you do anything else to kind of advance your city, you run out of food too quick and everyone dies. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is, 
Mm. A little frustrating. Yeah. Well, the third thing with the Switch for me is there's so many ports of older games on there that I've never played. Yeah. And so I have a whole stack of them waiting to go, uh, and I'm just working my way through them, and I'm really enjoying that. You know, I like playing these classics that I never played before. Yep. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of what's keeping me busy at the minute. So, couple, uh, I guess, yeah, a couple of weeks ago now, Ars Technica had a thing about the uh, Apple privacy update coming out. Yeah, and uh, this is this has been a big a big debate because basically what happens is that Apple is is trying to really um, kind of push down on on the kind of the creepy background tracking that that goes on with social media and and various different apps, uh, and of course the um, Companies like Facebook and other companies that rely on this stuff are, are basically seeing it as, as kind of a technical Armageddon for them because they're going to lose this this data that they they either resell or they use to drive their advertising business that brings money in. And uh, the, because they're saying, well, you know, the problem is you offer people a choice. Most people are going to opt out. That's terrible. Yeah. How can Apple do this to us? They, which is completely missing the point that the reason... The, Facebook yeah, coming the reason, out saying they're hurting small businesses. <laughs> so, so yeah, the 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 problem is if a large number of people want to opt out of this, that's the fundamental issue, isn't it? Is yeah. that you're doing stuff that when you ask people about, they say you they don't want you to do, and people are going, well, don't ask them, just uh, just I'm, do I'm it. Remind- I'm just reminded of, uh, you know, when back at the beginning of the pandemic when Trump said he didn't want to test people because it drives the numbers up. It's a similar sort of attitude. It's like you can't just stick in your head in the sand and go, la, 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 hope it goes away. I mean, this is what your customers say they don't want you to do. And the thing is... I, I mean, you, you've heard me say this before. I think all this online tracking is is useless anyway. I think the advertise the online advertising industry has has gotten to a thing where they pay for these stats, um, and and the the myth is that actually it gives you better targeted advertising. Yeah, and it doesn't. We all we all know it doesn't. We all know that you get all you get is more ads for things you've already bought. Yeah, well, that's exactly uh, that, right. Because <laughs> I what, what I just bought, I just got something recently. And I bought it, and now every ad is to buy that thing, yeah, or it's exactly. knock off competitors. And I'm like, I, why are you showing me this? I already bought. If your tracking is so good, you should know I already purchased this thing. Exactly. Why are you screwing yeah. around and, and wasting my time to offer me something I already have? Maybe yeah. if you were really intelligent, you'd say, you know, when people buy this, they also buy this. Amazon is good That's- with that, by the way. Yeah. Um, and so start targeting me with ads that go along with the thing I bought, you know? Yeah. Hey, he bought a but, pair but, of shoes. Here are these cool new shoe laces. Here are clue, yeah. uh, shoe cleaning devices you might... That would make more sense. But what they're doing right. is just dumb. Yeah. And, and what happens is is if you... I mean, God forbid, you accidentally... Or even you have a moment of weakness and you click on an ad you see in a Facebook stream. Right? For a start, that means everyone in your family is going to start seeing it too. Um, And and secondly, they don't seem to understand that sometimes when you click on something, you look at it and go, well, that looks terrible. And you click away and you don't want to see it again. And they can't, don't seem, for all this information they have on you, they don't seem capable of picking that up either. No. So, so yeah, I think the problem is is that the online advertising industry is a lot of money changing hands around this data. The data we all feel is absolutely worthless. We don't want the tracking happening. And they're going, well, what's going to happen to our business model? But you know what? Advertising has always managed to advertise. Yep. Um, 
before this stuff came along. So I'm sure they'll figure it out without the, the sky falling in. Well, they've always done their advertising in using false metrics anyways. How yeah. do you know how many people are watching the Super Bowl? Oh, 58 million people. Really? You know exactly how many? Because I, I don't remember a little box sitting on top of my TV broadcasting back to CBS Studios in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s saying exactly what I'm watching. Now, nowadays, yes, they can track exactly what you're watching, how long you watched it. They could track all that stuff either on well, TV get, yeah. or online, right? Yeah. So now they actually have that information, and the advertising is worse. Yeah. You know, back in the day, they would just, I, I, I call it, you know, throwing something at the wall and seeing what sticks. Um, yeah. Well, no, I th I think the problem is is that back in the day they used to use real social science. They used um, they demographics. And, yeah. yeah, they used surveying. They had a lot of far more sophisticated techniques for understanding groups of people. The difficulty they have now is they get this very very specific data, but it doesn't really tell them. It doesn't. You know, it is it's people's activity. It doesn't tell them what they've done, right? What they like, what they don't like, and the dif the difference is that if you get a group, you know, if you if you get somebody who's, who you survey and you sit them down and you ask a whole load of questions, you can filter out a lot of the um, the kind of the brain semantic stuff the way we always do because people know, social scientists know what that stuff is, that you can word the questions, you can ask different types of questions to tease out the information you want, but you can also get qualitative opinions about, you know, well, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about what yeah. happens when this happens? Which you don't get from this raw data. No, and the problem All with the raw, raw data, data is, is it, it's, it's yeah. dumb raw data. And I'll give you exactly. a prime example. Guess what I see 90% of in ads on Facebook. Think about what I do for a living, David. Yeah, car, uh, right. perhaps buying cars. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm always online at work, signed into yeah. my, my Chrome browser, just like I am at home. Yeah looking up stuff that customers are saying, oh, I can get it at this dealership for this price. So I'm looking on that website to show, no, you can't. Or they're yeah. they're showing you with college grad, which you're 80, so you're not, or um, active military, which you're not. So there's $1,000 right now that you don't qualify for that this website is saying, hey, you can get it for this price. And it's we don't do that. So we're, we're not lying to you. They are. Plus, they're, you know, 125 miles away. If you really want to go there and get lied to, be my guest. But here's the truth. Hmm. So Google is seeing uh, this is what he's looking at. Tim must be interested in looking at cars for five yeah. years now almost. <laughs> it's a, it's you need to make up your mind, man. It's the What's world's longest on? car search. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, it's one of those things that. I, I'm with a hundred percent with Apple on this. I want to yeah. be able to turn that crap off. And if it hurts another business's business model, good because shame on you. You had a shitty business model to begin with. Exactly. Yep. Let's move exactly. on. Um, so as interesting as that is, um, well, I'll save that one for geekiest. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the feedback that we got. We got a good email from John Nemirovsky a couple weeks ago. Talking about yeah. headphones. Yeah, we talked about the Apple, um, the Apple uh, AirPods Mac. Well, they Pro Mac, no Max, which are the over ear ones. Uh, and we were talking about noise cancelling, and I mentioned my noise cancelling headphones and what have you. So uh, John said, Re really enjoying your discussion. Congratulations, David. Presumably, I'm 
by my headphones. Good choice. As you know, I've reviewed and tried just about everything for many, many years. Yeah, John's our big um, speakers and headphones he has been, guy. He's been, uh, he's been silent for a while. He's yeah. Nah, he's not retired, but he effectively kind of is. Yeah. The two links above are the best budget and mid-price headphones that I use regularly. So we'll put these in the show notes. There's a, a set called uh, from Zvox, Zvox, I guess you guys would call it, called the AV50 noise cancelling headphones. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a pair from Clear Audio, the Flow 2 wireless noise cancelling headphones with built-in Google Assistant. He says the inexpensive Zvox ones are extremely lightweight and comfortable and sound good but the noise cancelling is not top-notch, even though it does exist. Clearflow 2 have an exceptional value and sound and noise cancelling with good comfort and weight, so they are currently my top recommendation, especially look at that price. They're both um, 149 bucks right now. Yeah. Great recent shows, guys. And for the record, the Bose have a totally dreadful music sound in cancel mode. For someone who really appreciates a good sound, Bose is a marketing co- company that happens Thank to sell you. all your products. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. I, I've said that for many, many years. I've never been impressed with the Bose. I think that um, they've been riding the coattails of the good audio products that they made back in the 70s uh, and part yeah. of the 80s for decades now. And it seems like the media, a lot of the media, has just gone along with it. They keep acting like Bose is a premier brand, and they're just not. For the amount of yeah. money you have to spend for a Bose product, you can get a competing product that sounds way better um, for less money most of the time. So yeah, I, I, I've I think, never I think recommended they've Bose really, to uh, Never. They've they've really traded on the on the quality of their noise cancelling. For um, certainly for many years, their noise cancelling was fairly peerless. To be honest, well, it's only recently that oh well, yeah, in the last five years, I think everybody is starting to catch up. Yeah. Um, and 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 Bose are definitely not the market leaders, even in the noise cancellation anymore. Right. Be interested to see how they go now that they because for many years they just did not have real competition. No, they had um, they had there was audiophile stuff, there was Bose, which was kind of the expensive stuff, and then you had stuff below that. And for so for many years, you know, they were the the, the leader just by being out there in the front. Then Apple came along, then. Um, some of these other companies came along, Sony up their game, and now now they're competing. It'd be interesting to see how they survive over the next five, ten years. Uh, I, I don't know a lot about them as a company, so I just pulled them up. They've been in business since 64, 57 years. Um, I wanted to see if they were owned by someone, and it, it doesn't look like it. The majority uh-huh. owner of the Bose Corporation is the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, a- MIT. Which, yeah. Okay. But that's... Yeah, well, you know, maybe we'll get back into some of our uh, Wikipedia, uh, yeah. wiki trolling, as we call it. We probably should. Yeah, get this back would be that, good that one. Fun. This, let, let's save this one for then. Yeah, he d- he. Yeah, yeah, he. Um, Bose kind of gave it to MIT, so they were an independent company, effectively. So let's uh, talk about the uh, next one. Um, now, this is uh, from Sandra Kusa, Kusia, Kusaya, Kucha. Kucha. I think I would go I like Kucha. Kucha. Yeah. Um, he used to be part of the um, My Mac Podcasting Network with his podcasts. Um, we kind of had a bit of a falling out. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of respect for the guy, to be honest, because um, he posted a review of uh, Three Geeky Ladies back in 2017. I actually went on their show and discussed this. And I saw this as a broader problem, not just with him, but 
and sexism in, in uh, technology. And, yeah. you know, the people that suffer from this don't even know that they suffer from this. Yeah. Um, but his, his review then was pretty bad. And, you know, he's back with uh, some feedback for us, and I call it whataboutism. Um, yeah. This is one of my favorite things that when you have negative comments about something uh, or you point out uh, a f- uh, an issue, instead of defending, which most of the time is indefensible, it's always whataboutism. And during the Trump era, yeah. when you'd say, why is he doing this? And someone would say, well, you know what, Hillary Clinton, well, yeah. you know what, Barack Obama, but what about this? But what about that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Straw man arguments. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So this is this is referring to the discussion we had about Parler a couple of weeks ago. He says, "You guys are just one of many who think that only Parler is guilty of this type of activity." Double question mark. Yeah. Seriously, have you forgotten how Twitter and WhatsApp have hosted what, and what still about, what about ism right yeah, there and still do terrorist activities and attacks in the past? How they were used this past summer in the Antifa and BLM riots and destruction. What about as a support, yeah, as a supporter of Apple since 1984 and a shareholder, I've written in to demand that for the same reasons they give about Parler, they should also apply to Twitter, WhatsApp, and others. The double standards and hypocrisy are palpable, and you are part of it. So, in other words, what about ism? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's is the fundamental point: should Twitter and WhatsApp? Do they host material that's objectionable? Yes. I, the, the problem here is that Parler deliberately said that they... That's what well, they, they claimed that they had mechanisms yeah. for getting rid of objectionable content that breached their policies. And Apple got rid of them because they investigated those mechanisms and found they were worthless. Well, it was not only and that, that when they, is that they actually... And you're right about that, but Parler actually catered to neo-nazis and, and yeah hate yeah well that that's a, that's a separate point yeah. what apple actually said was that they they were concerned about having objectionable content content on their platform coming from parlor and they said to parlor you know you should have mechanisms for getting rid of this when people complain or when it's beyond the pale and what have you and parlor said yes we do Apple looked into that and they found that they really didn't or if they did they weren't applying them and that's why they kicked them off the apple yep. platform yeah same uh, exactly the same um, reasoning that uh, Amazon Web Services yep. did. Now, of course, it doesn't. It goes hand in hand with the fact that this objectionable content is hosted on Parler, and these companies do not want to be associated with that objectionable content. And you know what? That is their constitutional free speech right not to carry that stuff on their private platforms. So they've exercised their exercised their rights, and, and that's kind of what it is now. WhatsApp, um, Twitter, with WhatsApp, I'm not really sure because how do you, WhatsApp, all the stuff is encrypted. I don't know whether you can even see what's going on on WhatsApp from outside. Um, But certainly Twitter you can. Uh, And yes, it's certainly true that that Twitter have not applied their policies um, strictly in the past. I sometimes wish they had done. I think if they'd uh, censured Donald Trump way before he even ran for president when he started doing when he started with all the business about um, um, Obama's birth certificate and all of that, which was patently untrue, if they'd have got rid of him at that stage, he probably never would have been president. Right. We all would be in a better place. But the point is that, you know, finally, the uh, the president 
crossed a line that they felt they couldn't accommodate anymore and they got rid of him. Yep. It's just as simple as that. It doesn't... But them not doing it for Twitter and doing it for somebody else, well, that's just the way of the world, unfortunately. Yeah? People are flawed and inconsistent and sometimes don't apply the rules properly and that doesn't matter whether you're a, a police chief in Minneapolis to do, to do with your, uh, your office and their actions or whether you're the head of Twitter. Right. Sometimes people just don't do the thing they should do. You know, that doesn't mean that you can just say, well, everybody can do whatever the hell they want because we can always find somebody who didn't apply the same standard that's being asked for here. So instead of whataboutism, and I'll give this out to Sandro, send us an email defending Parler. Yeah. What's the defense there? Yeah. Because um, every by the way, free speech and- isn't allowed because free speech only covers... The government doesn't right. cover private companies. Correct. There is no free speech in companies. I can't yeah. go into work and, and, you know, just start ranting about stuff. No, you can. You have a right yeah, to right say to whatever it, you want. Have, but they, they have don't a right have a right. To, right. I'm yeah. fired. <laughs> exactly. They don't have a right to continue to employ you. Right. And, the, and this is the problem is, is that people seem to think that because uh, a large number of people participate in an online service, that gives it some sort of different status to a, a smaller private company right. or and what happens in your home. All. And it absolutely does not. Even though, and, and you know, Facebook have contributed to this because Zuckerberg has said before that he wants Facebook to be a public square, yeah. but it's not a public square. No. If it was a public square, then it would have to be run by people who were voted in by the public, not by private shareholders. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. It, you know, the whataboutism is um, the argument of the week. And. It's, yeah, not it's, this week. You mean the, the week. W-E-A-K. It's a weak argument. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. But they crack me up the most because that's all they have. But what about yeah. this? But what about Benghazi? Benghazi. Benghazi. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and and that's all we have to say about that. About that. So you got an email. Um, it just works. What is, <laughs> what? So I mentioned, I think I mentioned, oh, I was on, um, on uh, Geeks Pub last week, that I had tried and had failed to install Audio Hijack on my, um, on my M1 MacBook Air. Right. So Audio Hijack is a program that, for anybody who doesn't know, it allows you to, as the name implies, take audio from anywhere on your computer and send it somewhere else and record it. And That's how we, people, on the last episode of uh, Geek's Pub, we got the music drops, or the needle exactly. drops, that, as it's known in the... That's how we got my Audio Hijack yeah. Pro to record some sounds from YouTube and just dropped them in. Exactly. And I was... Before the show, I was trying to do that because I wanted to take my um, sounds and actually put them into my uh, into sound pads on my board so that I could actually play them to you while we were talking. Um, so, but I couldn't because I couldn't. Audio Hijack Pro has Audio Hijack has been updated for the uh, Apple Silicon Max. Yep. So I thought, right, okay, that's great because before that it didn't work. It didn't work on Big Sur because of some of the security changes. So it's been upgraded for that. And it also has been recompiled, so it works natively in Apple Silicon language. So I go to install it, and I follow these instructions. And this is Big Sur we're talking about, and as many people will know, Big Sur has really tightened the screws on security in a in what I would say is a dumb, 
dumb way. So I go to install it. I have to, I, I counted it. I had to put in either my touch ID or my password four times before I even got to the, the paid, got to the, the program running and trying to actually install it. needs to install uh, a system extension to be able to capture audio. It's called ACE. Right, so it gets to that and it says, right, you need to install ACE uh, and it tries to step you through the process. It says you need to go system preferences to this particular pane and then click a button and then it says what it's going to happen is I'm going to have to reboot my Mac. I mean, this is already crazy. I'm going to have to reboot my Mac, go into um, a, uh, a reco the recovery mode and then in there I need to enable a security function that allows this thing to run. I'm, I'm already thinking this is crazy. But the problem is the button they say that's going to come, uh, come up with system preferences to uh, allow me to do this isn't there. And I, I very quickly realised the reason it isn't there is because I've previously done this for another piece of software. Um, and uh, I'd, I'd, had, I'd basically turned the setting they were looking for on in in the recovery mode already and because of that that was mean that the button i was looking for just wasn't coming up so i emailed them and i said look wants me to go to system preferences enable system extensions the button doesn't come up for me because i already did that for another program ntfs for mac so i can't get part this part apart past this part of the installer and start using the program because they had no way of skipping that they were they were basically wouldn't it wouldn't run until that was done yep so, so they wrote back to me and thanks for those details. Unfortunately, macOS 11 Big Sur has a rare but frustrating bug where the security and privacy preference pane can fail to show the correct prompts needed to authorize RA's component for use. It's, by the way, it's, it's not a bug. It's a feature. Uh, well, I suspected that, but I wasn't yeah. sure. It said They say, Apple is aware of this problem, but at the moment we're still waiting for a fix in a future OS update. In the meantime, we can work around the problem with some manual adjustment of our component. Follow these steps. Oh, so this should be easy. <laughs> That's nine steps. Uh, Quit in the apps from Rogue Amoeba. Now, I'm not digging Rogue, Rogue Amoeba for this because no, I don't think this problem. is remotely their fault. No, not yeah? at all. But th this is the Apple just, mm. it just works experience yeah. for this piece of software. By the way, previous versions of macOS 10, you just had to enter your password once and the thing would install no problem. Yep. No visit to system preferences, nothing. Nope. Yeah? Quit any or all apps from Rogue Amoeba. Close system preferences. In the finder, choose go to folder command. In the folder field, enter slash library slash audio slash plugins slash HAL slash and click oh my God, the go don't button. Don't do it. That's hail, dude. <laughs> don't enable hail. Yeah. Are you crazy? I, I, that's You'll right. be locked I went out, Dave. I went, <laughs> I went to delete the plugin and my Mac said, I'm sorry, David, I can't do that. <laughs> that folder will contain an ace.driver folder. Select it and move to the folder to the trash. Fun fact, when you do that, have to put your password in again. Yep. Um, Confirm this action in the finder when prompted. Restart your Mac. Run any of our apps again. You should be guided through another Ace installation. This should kickstart macOS Mac into showing the necessary You could prompt. also um, simply run, I can't remember what the, the code is now. If you go to the command line on macOS and you can show hidden files, I've got that on <laughs> by default on my Mac. And yeah. then you wouldn't have to do that. You could just click the folders and you'll see it because it will show then any hidden folders yeah but really the fact that you've got to start what isn't less secure okay um just asking for your password prompt once say do you really want to install this driver let you do that and install it without all of this jiggery pokery or 
put you through all of this thing where you're being prompted again and again and again. Is this right? Is this right? Is this right? Put your password in. And then you, the workaround is you've got to go digging around in system folders, deleting things. By the same is that token, more secure? Well, by the same token, you don't have to run Norton on your Mac. Well, yeah, but the point is, we, we've. I, my feeling is, we've gotten to a level of security here that we just don't need. I'm, you know, I've done the the courses on on being a security professional, yeah. and one of the things they first things they tell you there is what you need is just enough security, not too much, because the cost of security in terms of user time, effort, uh, and also their awareness, yeah. yeah, is a fine line, and if you overdo it. What people start doing then, they start going, oh, the security is far too uh, onerous for me. I'm going to find a way around it. Yep. Yeah. And the other thing as well, and the real fault with what Apple has done with Big Sur, in my view, is that every time you challenge a user, this isn't right. Please authorize it with your password. People don't read the dialogue boxes when they get 15, 20 of those on a working day. Yep. So it's one the of the problem reasons is that it, they say don't, in a corporate environment, don't make it so you have to change a password every 30 days. Yeah. Because people just start yeah. writing their passwords down on a sticky note and stick it to their monitor. Exactly. And what happens with all these prompts is that because you get you then get attuned to ignoring these prompts, working past these prompts, it's much easier for a, a, an attacker to present a false prompt to you. You not notice it's a real system prompt. You don't notice it come from the web. And you type in your password. Now the attacker's got your password. Yep. Yeah. So they've just compromised the entire system by being over-secure. Yeah. I, I, and, and the issue here is that obviously the, the guys who work on the bit that authorize system DLLs or whatever they're called, system extensions, have never talked to the guys who do application authorization. Because in my view, if I've got an, an app I've downloaded from an authorized place that's got an Apple certificate, Apple developer authorized, yeah, and I've authorized that app to run on my computer, yeah, then if it tries to do something at system level, the system should know that, that this app is kosher, authorised and been checked. And it shouldn't be asking me again. Because frankly, as a user, how the hell am I supposed to know whether I should do these steps or not? How do I know if I'm not compromising my system? Yeah, I'm not I'm not an engineering expert like the guys at Apple are. The security system they built has been written by engineers. And they don't understand that most users don't know what this stuff is. They just want to get through it and run their program. So I don't think they've improved security at all. I think all they've done is just generated a great big, big sir-sized pain in our asses. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, you know... You, you and, want and the title it, for the episode, it, there it is, there right there. A big sir-sized pain in the ass. Well, I mean, it's kind of a long name. <laughs> big sir... P... I wait pain. Big Sur sized. Because Big Sur is a is a Big Sur isn't Pita, a mountain. Pita, P-I-T-A. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I I just wrote it down, so it's it's a yeah. big deal. Um but you know what's funny is we just got done saying that we're so glad that Apple is taking certain steps to uh, ensure your privacy, and then we turn right around and say, Well, but well, look yeah. at all this privacy we gotta blah blah blah. But blah, imagine blah. if instead the 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 contrast will be if instead of just giving you one there's a perfect example. On the late on these versions of iOS they're gonna stop this tracking. They're gonna say, Do you want to share this tracking data with anybody? And you're gonna click yes or no. Yep. Right? Once you've done that, it's never gonna ask you again. I agree, but by the same token, to play devil's advocate for just a second, 
as popular as Rogue Amoeba's products may be, um, it is almost nothing compared to how many Macs are being sold. And that the vast majority, 95% minimum, is never installing any software that requires this level of installation that's going to hit have this you, bug. Have you actually run Big Sur? No. Right. You start running Big Sur, you'll realize how often it asks you these questions. Yeah, I, Do you want to download from any website? If, it, if you've never downloaded it from before, it'll ask you. Do you want to download from here? Yeah. It basically is asking you these questions all the time. It's not just low-level system Well, drivers. I'm ignorant of it because I'm not running Big Sur, so I'm going exactly. to defer to your yeah, opinion so, on here. But yeah. it is I, somewhat you know, ironic that we're complaining about something in one and then we're praising. There's a fine line that you have to walk. There is a fine line. But you know what? If uh, What Big Sur is doing is the equivalent of every time an app tried to send some tracking data out, it popping up and asking you if you want to allow that particular piece of tracking data to go. Yeah. That's the equivalent of what Big Sur does. Whereas it should be exactly like they do on iOS, where it asks you once and then takes it as read from there on. Yep. Yeah? I agree with or you. Or alternatively, assist on, on the Mac, it should be a system where you either keep, keep what they have now turned on and it protects the unwary, and or alternatively, you have a switch somewhere in system setting saying, you know what, I'm a more experienced user, you can turn some of this stuff off and don't ask me. You know, either way is 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 a way, but the problem is at the moment you're you're effectively, you know, it'd be, it'd be like be like you if when you when somebody went to start a car in your dealership, them going, uh, you going to them, oh, before you do that, you just need to check, am I okay to turn on the fuel pump because yeah. it spray because it it sprays fuel into the engine, there's a fire risk. Are you sure you want to do that? And imagine if the car did that every time you turn the key. That's kind of what Big Sur is doing here. Yeah, that's kind of annoying. Yeah. But on the bright side, my 401k is doing really well right now. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm at 11%. Um, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, Contribution. You know yeah, I, yeah, and I get 50% match or 100% hundred uh, match from my employer. So that's, that's doing pretty well. Yeah. And I'm thinking about upping it. Not yet, probably this springtime because I can go in at any time. Think about going to maybe twenty percent. What do you think? Okay, well, you know what? I don't think that's going to count for anything when you're living in a tent by Lake Michigan, trying to find up, fight off the I can COVID buy a, hordes. I could buy a damn good tent with my four hundred one k, and it's fully vested <laughs> this July. So once that hits, you know, I can quit any time, and the money's all mine. Oh, there you go. There you go. All right. There so with go. that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. Um, hey, we really do appreciate the feedback, even when we. Uh, have a you know we don't agree with what your views are um and sandro is yeah. a, a prime example of that and we invite sandro to email us back uh, our email yeah. is the show at techfanpodcast.com you can also find us on twitter until they ban us and facebook <laughs> until they, <ban laughs> until they us. ban us um just look for tech fan podcast you'll find yeah. us there you can also go to techfanpodcast.com dot com or mymac.com the flagship yeah and uh, leave yeah. a uh, message in the show notes and we will see them and leave a comment on there because obviously we can track all those visitors yeah, track and get their and private then, information yep, so yeah. <laughs> so sell you some shoelaces um <clears throat> yeah we'll be back in a week i hope you guys che- have been checking out our sister show uh, i did get a few emails from people going hey why wasn't there a show last week well i have officially um, as of a couple weeks ago, a little, over a month ago at this point, actually, 
uh, separated our two shows. You are no longer going yeah. to find Geeks Pub podcast in the tech fan feed. So thanks for thanks for letting everyone know about that ahead of time. Yeah, I did. I warned everyone. <laughs> no one listens. Um, if you want to listen to the other show, you do have to subscribe to that separately. Now, I'm not trying to, you know, get double the. It, that's not what this is about. This is about keeping tech fan more focused on tech. And then all the other stuff that David and I really, really enjoy talking about uh, on Geeks Pub, superhero movies and TV shows. And um, we just started a a new semi-regular feature that we're going to have a soundtrack hall of fame. We are expanding it to, it's not, hold on a second. Keep talking, David. I wasn't talking, so I don't know how I can keep talking. But yeah, um, the... uh, the soundtrack thing is okay, we, we will be choosing bits of music we like from movies and TV and, and you know telling you about them and telling them why we like them. And okay. um, this will help okay, This just, will help keep Tim's mind clear while he's continuing Fine. to sell cars as he's doing at the moment. Sorry. Well, For those, who, those, those wheels don't sell themselves. Yeah, well, that was uh, my daughter. They're camping. All right, she want a new car. Yeah, she want a new car. She's camping with my son, um, so yeah, in in January, in, January. In, in Michigan. Yep. Yeah, that was a well thought out plan by whoever uh, saw me took doing him that. Off. But anyways, <laughs> exactly, yeah. I, I wasn't sure what time we had to pick them up, and I asked Julie last night, who's kind of in charge of all this, and she didn't know either. So yeah. I yeah. sent Brooke a text. I bought her a, a battery yeah. uh, charger for her phone, and it says <laughs> it will charge it four times. Yeah. And she's got a the newer iPhone SE. So I mm-hmm. figured, yeah, it'll probably charge it four times. And she is on the third day now, because today is Sunday yeah. as we record. So she's been gone since Friday. Um, and she hasn't been posting a lot of photos or anything like that. So I don't think she's using her phone a whole lot. But I, we wanted to make sure that she did have a charge on it. It's a different world nowadays. And if she has to contact us, or more importantly, like you just heard, we needed to contact her. Hey, what the hell time are we picking you up? I wanted yeah. to make sure that her phone was charged and we can do that. Um, right. So that's what that was about. Yeah, but it will charge her phone four times when she's inside. When she's camping in a tent outside in the middle of January, yeah. it probably charges her phone once before it freezes solid. Yeah. Um, no, the tent's pretty And you warm. need to know when they're coming back so that you can uh, get the sauna going to defrost the pair. Yes, that's true too. So uh, I don't know what you said because I wasn't listening to you. Um, uh, we started the not, soundtrack, of, no. our soundtrack Hall of Fame. We're going to be continuing that, but it's not going to be uh, an every episode thing. It's probably going to be a couple more episodes. I've already picked a couple new ones for myself. I've seen. Um, there was a couple that I, I actually felt guilty for not putting in the first round, but we'll get there. We'll, we've got a whole bunch of uh, episodes to go, so... Really would appreciate you guys if you uh, would subscribe to Geeks Pub. Or if there's enough of you that says, you know what, Tim, we, we get it. It's a different show, but it's in the same feed. You want us to bring Geeks Pub back to uh, the tech fan feed? There's no rules here. We could do that. If you guys prefer to get the other show as part of this show, let us know. Now, I'm not going to add tech fan to that feed because it's a new show and people who found it and want to hear that stuff may not be interested in this show but for the most part everyone that listens to tech fan um probably have for a while and 
maybe they don't want to subscribe to another show as well because it kind of gets lost at that point. So if you guys, if I get more than 10 people saying, yes, put um, Geeks Pub back in the tech fan feed so I only have to subscribe once, let me know. I can do that. Yep. So with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. David, I'll see you next week on Geeks Pub. See you then.